Hi, this is Anne Philippi, founder of The New Health Club. If you want to know about psychedelics as new mental health tools, you came to the right place. I talk to innovators, thought leaders and disruptors, creating the future of mental health and mental wellness. And we think that the future is already here. 2022 is coming and we need new perspectives, new ideas of our lives. As you know, Field Trip Amsterdam offers a wide range of travel programs. The center based in Amsterdam is designed to promote a process of personal development and inner healing in an inspiring, meditative and restful environment. And guess what? We have an incredible and magic Christmas offer for you here. Between December 15th and January 15th, 2022, you will get 30% off the price if you book through the New Health Club. So, do you want to experience a safe, legal and better truffle experience? Are you thinking about a psychedelic-assisted couples therapy for a long time? Or would you like to look into a truffle group therapy? All these options are now 30% off. Just shoot us an email to explore at thenewhealthclub.de and we take it from here. I repeat it for you again, explore at thenewhealthclub.de. We're super excited to hear from you. Hi and welcome to a new episode of the New Health Club show. And also the last one for this year, 2021, before we go on a Christmas break. Today, we are talking about couples and truffles. And yes, we mean psychedelic assisted couples therapy. I was really excited to have two experts on that topic on the show since my perception and maybe also relationship structure changed slowly but surely after my own psychedelic experiences. So why could this type of therapy be groundbreaking for the coming years? Why could it be a version of therapy 2.0? And if so, how could it look like? Who Would you and your partner be if you meet without the trauma you might carry with you? That's a very interesting question to me. Today, we got two experts who are executing an interesting version of truffle-assisted couples therapy. So today I talked to the therapist Janine Suren and psychiatrist Hans van Wechem, who are in charge of couples therapy at Fieldtrop in Amsterdam. The center is designed to promote a process of personal development and inner healing in an inspiring, meditative and restful environment. So a few words on Janine and Hans. With an extensive professional career in mental health, Janine holds degrees, both MSc and specializations in psychology, psychotherapy, clinical sexology and couples and family therapy. She's accredited and licensed in the Netherlands and has worked as a lead clinician in several mental health settings. She's passionate about the therapeutic potential of psychedelics in combination with psychotherapy. Janine believes that by tapping into the deep psyche through psychedelics, suppressed patterns, emotions and beliefs can be made conscious again, allowing for healthy changes. Over to Hans now. Hans van Wachem has almost 30 years of experience in psychiatry and started his career as a registered couples and family therapist before specializing in group psychotherapy of patients with early childhood trauma and attachment disorder. After a life-changing psychedelic experience, he recognized the potential of psychedelics in therapy. He now contributes to projects such as MAPS in their efforts 
to investigate MDMA for treatment of PTSD and has a wide network in the psychedelic community. His main interest lies in contributing to a future in which the use of psychedelics will become widely accepted, both as an evidence-based treatment and as a powerful catalyst for personal and spiritual growth. So how do the typical couple's topic, like dealing with an affair, regaining trust, intimacy, or battling disconnection in the light of psychedelic-assisted couples therapy look like? And how can we support an idea of conscious uncoupling with exactly these kind of therapies? I know this could be easy, make like three podcasts, but today you get like the great survey of these topics in terms of psychedelic therapy, couple therapy, as we said, and I'm very excited to present to you now Hans van Wechem and Janine Surin from Fieldtrip Amsterdam. Welcome to the New Health Club show, Hans van Wechem and Janine, how do you pronounce your names, Surin? Is yes. It like, okay, yeah. so... Obviously, I'm super excited to have you on the show, not only because I'm a huge fan of Field Trip, but also because you guys are, let's say, the people at Field Trip Amsterdam for a psychedelic couples therapy. So, and um, since this is a really new topic in the field, you guys should please explain what that is. So, you are absolutely right, Anne. It is a, a new uh, field that we are entering here at Field Trip because we are actually firm believers of um, uh, deepening relationships or the, uh, the potential of deepening a relationship when we combine couples therapy with a psychedelic journey. So we have the fortunate position at Field Trip in Amsterdam that we have qualified uh, and licensed couples therapists who made a program and Hans and me are uh, leading this. We made a program for couples that are looking to strengthen their relationship or to deepen their um, relationship. And um, this program will be launched in January of next year. So, and how do we have to imagine this? So, a couple comes in and does psychedelics together, or is it like a separate experience and then you kind of reunite afterwards? Yeah, I think first of all, uh, both of them will get their individual screening beforehand, okay. like we do with individual clients as well, because we want to know if people are eligible to join the program. Mm -hmm. um, and as you know, we use in an exclusion criteria, so people have to be mature enough and stable enough to be able to integrate whatever what might come up during a psychedelic experience. And as you know, psychedelic experience in itself are quite unpredictable. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it might be an understatement for a lot of people as well. And I think the beauty of it is that it will really get people out of their old patterns. And relational issues are always about patterns that people find really difficult to give up because in that sense an old pattern is another word for sort of security that's what you know mm -hmm. um, and psychedelic experience as you know is a way of resetting resetting the brain resetting and breaking open old patterns so you can start from another from another perspective 
but you have to be able to sort of speak the same language. And that's why I think a couple therapy approach embedded within a traditional structure, uh, psychotherapy as we know it, it's never been done before, but it is absolutely breaking new grounds and enables both partners to talk out of a new era, a new, no, a new experience, which a psychedelic experience in itself always is. Right. But you have to be, speak the same language, mm -hmm. so to speak. So, but, but that, so you kind of individually decide if they would take the truffles together or separately? It's, it's like an individual decision for each couple? Yeah. Um, actually, we decided that um, the couples therapy hours are spent together as a couple, but the screening and the actual inner journey are independent. They can be at the same time, but they will be in separate rooms so that someone can fully okay. focus on entering their own inner uh, landscape and uh, not, not feel any inhibitions uh, by the partner. But right after the inner journey, we continue with the, with the couples therapy process. Okay, interesting. Because we found out um, uh, that being able to experience a psychedelic experience to the fullest, it, it's all about being able to surrender, to surrender to the experience itself. And as long as you have to keep one part of your mind still present in controlling an environment or like within couples there's always a part of you that is sort of occupied with how your partner is doing mm -hmm. so that is sort of maybe an inner conflict that part of your brain wants to have control over the outside world while at the same time you're being invited and sometimes even pushed into letting go and surrendering so we give it a lot of thought about what how to approach this, whether or not we should allow both partners to have an experience at the same time, if that would be more beneficial than having them have their separate experiences and having them talk about it afterwards uh, within the frame of a, a psychotherapeutical approach. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I mean, I feel like couple therapy has this weird reputation that you know so many movies and TV shows. The classic scene is like the couple is in couple therapy and it's horrible. The therapist is stupid or like nobody <laughs> likes them. So, but at the same time, like it seems to be a very big need in society because it, my experience is that or my perception is it's in every movie now. There's a scene with a couple therapist suddenly. So, and um, of course, a lot of people say, oh God, now those people have to go to couple therapy, which means the end of the relationship is near. So, um, but psychedelic couple therapy has like such a different or will have such a different impact on a couple. So, and maybe you can just for people who would really like to look into this, which I feel are a lot, could explain what will be the difference between the classic couples therapy and the ones, the let's say, the couples and truffles um, idea. Couples and truffles. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it has a nice, nice yeah. sound to it. Some truffles. Yeah. 
That's a really good, uh, uh, really good question. If with your permission, Hans, uh, I thought about that too because I have been and just like Hans, a couple therapist for a long time. But this really is the next frontier. Yeah, this really allows people to have the the diet, the inner dialogue that no therapist has ever been able to break through before, and with the increased insights due to the inner dialogue. If psychological flexibility increases and thus it has an immediate impact on the relationship because all of a sudden what really matters is becomes very clear so trivial trivialities like you know the the regular conflicts of withdrawing and attacking it all be, goes into a different structure so the potential of sharing a psychedelic experience and doing couples therapy means just by investing in a, a relationship trajectory, you give it attention, but attention to such an extent, it must grow. Whatever you feed grows. So I think it's going to be very special. It doesn't always mean that the relationship is going to be happily ever after, not, not at no, all. No, no, yeah. It's not our intention either, but it does deepen your own insight and that makes conversations a, a lot more significant uh, often in a relationship because how often do couples live under the same roof and not even see each other? But this one, with this experience, you look at one another and you really see one another again. Unless you understand all relationships are a representation of the relationship that you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. So everything that you project on the outside world is stuff that you don't recognize as belonging to yourself in the first place. So becoming aware of what it is that you are projecting, and sometimes that can be really confronting during a psychedelic experience, because it's been shown to you in a sometimes really direct way. Um, I see wow. you nodding your head, yeah. so I think <laughs> recognize what you're talking about. So I think it's all about improving the relationship that you have with yourself. Yeah. And as a positive spin-off, I think you will become more aware of what it is that you do in the relationship with someone else, including your partner. And I think another difference might be is that, well, the, let's call it already the classical approach. <laughs> We're looking ahead. Yeah. Um, the practical approach of partner relational therapy is always problem orientated. Right, exactly. People will ask for therapy, and like you say, sometimes when it's 2 to 12, mm -hmm. or most of the times when it's 5 past 12. Yeah. Um, while this could be an, an edit in deepening an already solid relationship to another level and that will be more out of curiosity towards your partner and yourself so it's not that problem orientated necessarily but i mean i find it also fascinating what you janine what you said earlier that um that let's say if you decide to separate afterwards the separation is really authentic 
and not like, um, oh, we should separate because so and so and so. And I mean, I had this, my first experience with truffles afterwards, um, I really was able to, I know some people might hate this expression, but I was able to um, conscious uncouple from a yes. person that I was not, and I saw in the trip that we were not a couple. And um, it was a very, uh, first of all, before the psychedelic experience, it was a very difficult separation. And afterwards I've seen, and that was so interesting, I've seen in the trip that that person, a man, was actually a gay person. Mm. In my trip I saw it. And I always had this kind of um, intuition, but I was like, no, how should this be? It can't be like. So, and then later on in, in after the separation, this turned out to be true. So, and, um, but I, while I experienced it in a trip, I didn't even know that, that it would be just like maybe something that came to me in the, in the psychedelic experience. But I was really able to completely kind of disengage in a very peaceful way. And um, today, if I meet that person, I'm like, oh God, this was my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> I, I totally forget about it. It's so interesting how this can lead you to lead you out of this trajectory of like, oh, why are we not together anymore? What did go wrong? Da, 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 for years and years of um, of a lifetime, almost, I would say. Yeah, I, I, I'm hearing you. And actually, I was also thinking of conscious uncoupling because it's a famous term. But I must say, uh, and uh, we are very careful it, with uh, literally interpreting what people experience in the journey, because it can also be symbolic. And then with the therapeutic part after the, the inner journey, we talk about the potential meaning of the symbolism that someone has been through and what it could mean in the current relationship. So certainly the, the conscious awareness increases of how you relate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like, the most popular reason why people get into couple therapy is because one of the one part of the couple had an affair, right? I mean, and since Esther Perel, no. we know that no, this no. is the number one. No, no. no? oh no, well, tell me therapy because they say hey, here's the problem, and I'm yeah. coming too. Okay, okay. <laughs> Can you fix the other person? Okay, exactly. So, but what is your what? What would you say is then? the approach in psychedelic therapy? Like the, let's say, how would you approach the affair topic then? Well, we always, during the screening, we make yeah. it a point, ask about secrets. And that's why we have an individual screening at the beginning. Because if there are secrets, we, we really need to find a, a way, how uh, is this going to benefit or not? Or how are we going to go about uh, unspoken things? But if, like, for example, an affair is out in the open, we try to find out more about the meaning uh, uh, of an affair or the way uh, that led uh, to the affair. It can be many things, but in the first session after the screening, we map the relationship, but we also map the individual. So we look at the history, the attachment issues and the relationship dynamic because it takes it really does take two to tango that's another uh, open door <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, so so we, we we really pay attention to fundamental uh factors that can play a role in well how does an or what is the how and the why of the affair 
Okay. Interesting. And so that means also, it sounds like you already have had clients that underwent together, like, like couple, a couple or couples that underwent the, the truffle therapy or is it, is it something you already researched a little bit, right? I guess. We've done a lot of private research. Okay. Um, if, if I may say so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but officially, we're going to the the program in January. So we, we, we are also, you know, we obviously we've also done research to the MDMA uh, uh, couples uh, protocol, but that was mm -hmm. where one party was suffering from PTSD and the other partner right. uh, was taken into the process. But there has not been any published research uh, mm -hmm. of psilocybin and couples therapy. Wow. So you're the first so, uh, ones, basically. So we are the pioneers. Yeah, and, uh, good. And we obviously we've we've uh, explored <laughs> different pathways ourselves. But why why do you think that truffles are so um, are are actually a good compound for this kind of therapy? Yeah, well, hmm. there are lots of ways to approach this. Um, and I don't think we need specifically to put this quality up on truffles or mm -hmm. on other psychics. I think, again, it's a um, possibility to break open old patterns. Mm -hmm. And you can do it through talking and making people more aware and, and practicing. And we know that intensity of any experience has a relationship with the outcome of it so we know that talking for half an hour on a casual basis doesn't have the same impact of doing an intensive retreat where you are working on the same topic for a number of days so the more intense the experience is, the more profound it leaves. It can change something within you. And psychedelic experiences, as you know, most of the times are really intense. So it creates an inner necessity for wanting to change. And in general, you can say there are at least four factors that people need to comply with in order to change at all. First of them, there has to be a necessity. Mm -hmm. So is there a necessity in partner relational issues? Well, that's something that you really need to find out when you start. Because one of the partners might think there is, while the other partner is already gone and sort of go is going through the motions to sort of being able to say, I've really tried to save this relationship and already had a hidden agenda uh, that, that his partner or her partner didn't know about, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to sure. tune, in, tune in, is there a necessity from both sides? The higher the necessity, the higher the change that people want to change. Two, are people, have people, do people have a focus, an objective they want to work at? What is their fantasy about how the relationship might be or how they want it to be. So is there a directive? There has to be an agreement there as well. If one says the relationship would really improve if you would allow me to 
see more men or more women that we have an open relationship and the other partner says, well, that's not particularly what I had in mind. Yeah. Then you have to find out what the differences are. Third, the third thing is, are they willing to take full responsibility for their own part in the relationship? As long as you keep externalizing your problems and make the other person responsible for your own well-being, yeah. it won't be that effective. And fourth, really important, are you willing to keep on working on it? So that's the integration part. Otherwise, it would be a one-off experience. Wonderful. But if you don't follow up on it, yeah. well, a waste of effort, isn't it? And if I'm uh, when Hans says, is there a necessity? Necessity can, yeah, yeah. Necessity can also spring from uh, personal development or a life stage yeah. change. Because in my opinion, uh, if one person changes in the relationship, the other one has to grow too. And that growth is almost never parallel. So, um, so this doing this together will uh, lead to personal growth at the same time for a part of it. Because, I mean, it's almost like, I mean, you often have this situation where one person does a psychedelic experience and comes home mm. and is like, oh, I've seen this and now I know who I am. And the other person has no idea. And this could Absolutely. be like a serious issue, I think, at one point in a relationship. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes this is such a different perception of <clears throat> reality or like the, the life together that yeah. is really almost like impossible to to figure out but um so w when you kind of create the the concept or the, the let's say the the therapy you start in january how would you imagine the integration apart so the what the couple talks about after the experience yeah that's an, that's a good question like the total program consists of about 30 hours oh, wow. of okay. which hours are the inner journeys but the rest of the hours are are really uh uh couples therapy including mm -hmm. values shared values because very often uh, an individual's values system before a journey is quite different from from when they come out and then we try to see what but what are your shared values what's your shared relationship vision what's your role in it what, what's your position and uh, and how do you look in the same direction uh, before you finish the program? But I mean, like, uh, of course, we, we didn't do this in the beginning, but I, I feel you guys um, have such an interesting background and you both are very experienced couples therapist, one should say, just you're not just starting this. So I would like to talk each one of you about how you found let's say the the way to psychedelics or how your let's say old idea of a therapist turned into a therapist 2.0 idea maybe i like that i'm gonna steal that please uh, so i am also a sexologist a clinical exactly. sexologist mm -hmm. uh, that always plays a role in relationships, especially when relationships are a little bit longer. 
So in my private practice, I found that I was running into a, a dead-end street sometimes and that there was so much to be gained. But I also work with uh, traumas and people with... So I investigated, I started investigating, okay, what comes after EMDR, which is an eye movement uh, intervention uh, for trauma therapy. Then I came on the path of the MDMA uh, research. And then luckily I have a partner who's, who's very willing to adventure with me. So we, um, I wanted to know what happens in your brain uh, when you do this. And so for the first time in my life in 48 years, I don't even drink alcohol. I'm not 48 now, but I was then. Um, we, uh, we tried uh, MDMA and I was writing everything down, the heart rate and what happened. Oh, what do I feel now? And I was looking in his eyes like, okay, your pupils are so much now. And and <laughs> but then after I thought, okay, put down my paper and I'm going to really feel what's happening. And I, we, well, as we all know, the inhibitions and the rigidity in thinking patterns significantly reduces. That's what led me to the legal uh, options that we have available. And ultimately, fast forward down the road to now, this is what uh, what's, what we do with psilocybin now. Mm -hmm. um, and how we can work with uh, psilocybin and relationships. And uh, I don't know if I lost my track here, but... <laughs> no, but, but what, so that experience or experiences you made actually convince you that there's more to, to gain also in, in, in a psychedelic-assisted therapy, right? I mean... Absolutely. I, I have a big uh, a toolbox, which is... Full of tools. Okay. Any any intervention is there. I I've studied it and I actually have a license in it. But now I found out there is a second layer in the toolbox, and that's where the treasure is. And the second layer really it can be reached with psychedelics. So, I I am really thinking that of all the traditional approaches, they can be very beneficial to a certain point. But if you want the next level, this is it. And and Hans, before you go, uh, uh, switch to you. But do you feel? Because I always feel like w there's a strong need for a second for a next level. Because it's almost like reality. The reality we have now is not needs another tool set than twenty years ago. Yes, I would say absolutely. Because everybody has a roof above their head. We don't have to worry about can we pay the bill or not. We our children go to good schools, so the basic human needs are met. So people look for meaning. Right. They look for the why, and where can you find that better than how you relate, how you relate with others, how, how what about your connectivity? That's what is a human need much more now than. Yeah, and before. also, I mean, you can meet people online. Like, there's no limitation. That's also a big challenge for a lot of people if they can't adjust to that, but still they have to do it. It's like such a different skill set you need to bring to the table um, in terms of relationships that wasn't the case even 10 years ago, I would say. It was very different. Yeah, and also the... the uh, sorry, no, no, Hans is next. That, right? <laughs> 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 but also the type of relationships, like Esther Perel says, is 
you know, way back when it was all about monogamy, but that is changing too. So there's polyamorous relationships, there's open relationships, there's much more available, but that also means uh, how do you find meaning yes. in relationships yeah. with ever format that takes place in, and that's changing, a changing landscape too. Very interesting. So, so Hans, I mean, please tell me a little bit like how, how you started as a psychiatrist. I mean, this is like you come from a very established world, from a very kind of classic idea of psychiatry. And then now you're here executing experiments with truffles <laughs> next year. <laughs> so maybe you can talk about um, this. Maybe, so. maybe I wasn't really established or traditional psychiatrist to start with. Um, I've done a lot of therapy myself um, because I needed it. Uh, and most of it was already body, body orientated. I'm a mm -hmm. bonding psychotherapist as well. Um, uh, you might want to explain that that's not BDSM. Exactly. No, good <laughs> no, point. No, no, good it's, point it's, because some people might think that's oh, yeah. it. No, no, no. Yes. It's all about holding. It's we know that physical closeness sort of enables people to become emotionally more open. So the whole bonding psychotherapy is something that's been around for over fifty years. Uh, it was invented, so to speak, by an American psychoanalyst that already. <laughs> it found out that talking cure in itself wasn't that effective. So you need the body as well. So from the, from the first moment, I was already really aware of that talking in itself wasn't the answer in itself. And medication in itself isn't a treatment, but will enable people to open up for a cure. So it was turning it around. So from a traditional point of view, we always were thinking that medication in itself would really heal and cure people. And my starting point was different in terms of when there's too much pain, you won't allow yourself to open up. And pain in itself makes people egocentric. So medication oh. as a painkiller can help people to open up. So that's in general. And this, the, psycho th the psychopharmaceutical stuff that we use helps until a certain point. I'm not saying it's useless, it isn't. I'm, I'm happy as a psychiatrist that I can help people with the stuff I can prescribe. Um, and in my late teens, early 20s, I came in contact with a world-famous book, The Teachings of Don Juan. And I don't know if you know it, it's all about an American coming across a shaman, Indian, uh, in Mexico. Um, it was all about peyote, um, psychedelic experiences. And I was really into it, reading it, and I promised myself it's one time in my life I will have the opportunity to experience this myself. I will do so. It took a couple of decades, and mm -hmm. my first experience with was ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. 
I've never taken drugs or whatever in my life. So this wow, <laughs> strong. I didn't, I didn't quite, I didn't quite know what I was getting myself into. It was and the most horrific experience in my life, and the most beautiful and powerful experience in my life. And it made me aware of the potential. Incredible, because it opened up parts of me that I was never able to reach before with all the therapeutical stuff that I'd been doing until then. So it made me really aware of how powerful this could be, but it also made me aware of how dangerous it could be mm -hmm. if it would not guide it in a, in a professional yes. way by people that know what they were doing and i had some experiences as well uh, in ceremonies where people people definitely didn't know what they were doing so and i had clients that suffered the consequences oh, of those yeah. experiences as well so it made me very early on aware of the necessity of a structured and safe setting so when this opportunity came around with field trip opening their doors i thought well this is the right combination of factors there are people that are really passionate about working with psychedelics like i am but also know the importance of the right setting of the structure integration the screening because it's not it's not for everyone it definitely is not for everyone. So you need to be you need to be sure um, what you're doing. Um, so I think, well, this is the right place to be for me at the mm -hmm. moment. And I mean, what if people talk to you like in the calls, like if they want to do this, what's the reason and what brought them there? So what is their biggest fear? What what do they fear most that could happen after? let's say, a psychedelic couples therapy. So is the biggest fear that they would break up or is it that they would be somebody else that they never thought there would be? Or what is your experience so far? Yeah, well, I think in general, and that's something I always tell to all of my clients, whether or not they come for partner relational therapy or not. What I say to people is... you. The most important side effect of individual psychotherapy is partner relational problems. Yeah. Mm. Because if you change the relationship that you have with yourself during the process, all the relationships with people outside of yourself will change as well, like right. Janine was yeah. saying. You can't see it apart. So it's inevitable that if you change your perspective and the reasons why you chose your partner in the first place change what you liked about him or her before you find annoying after a while yeah sure so <laughs> so addressing it from two two routes at the same time yeah well it's you recognize stuff yes yeah. so this is why addressing it from a partner relationship point mm -hmm. of view makes more sense if you will 
sort of start this this adventure with two people at the same time, there's no guarantee that they will grow in the same yes. direction. Mm. But they don't grow in the same direction. They are more aware of their own movement instead of making the other person responsible for the change that they can't handle themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's the individual growth in the relationship. And in our experience, uh, we've seen a lot of individuals uh, doing our psychedelic programs, and we always try to involve the home front at some point because there is a big discrepancy, as you said before, between someone who has been through an experience and someone who hasn't because you can talk about it. Talk, talk, yeah, talk, talk, talk. It's never the same as actually feeling. And with the psychedelic couples program, there is a new language. Hans called it shared language because, as you might know, there's five languages in love. One is words, I love you. The second one is touching, hugging. The third one is time, meaningful mm -hmm. time. The fourth one is presence, funnily enough, like gifts. And the fifth one is acts of service. Those are the five languages we know in love, right? And every person has a different way of expressing themselves, but each one of them is as valid as the other one. But this language, the psychedelic language, is feel. Ah, wow. So in language number seven, basically, right? No, six. 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 Number six. Okay. Yeah. Feeling and experiencing. And the beauty of it is you're both learning a new language at the same time. It's like learning Mandarin. If one person is a has a head start of one month, you're never going to catch up. Or at least I could. Yeah. <laughs> but but isn't this like, I feel like the, the most feared thing is that people say, okay, I don't want to feel too much in a relationship because then I'm kind of a dependent, too dependent from the other person. Yeah, well, this program is not for beginners. Yeah. <laughs> so this is really 2.0. Okay. I mean, uh, would come to us who has no previous couples therapy experience okay. or who hasn't had an exploration pass, we, are, we really have to look carefully if this is the right match right. because it's mm. not the easiest one. No, of course. But one thing I'm really interested in is that, I mean, there's all these, have all these articles been in the last years that marriage, basically a long marriage is something that was fabricated in the Western world and because the romantic love is just a bourgeois invention and, it, and the reality is it's a transactional business relationship before there was romantic love. So meaning that long marriages are basically something that's impossible to execute for, for human beings. So do you agree with that? Or, that, or is this something that um, we just, because we just have problems with sustainable long-term relationships these days. Do you know, Anne, at what age long-term couples have the best sex? 60. Exactly. I was and just you know, guessing. You know I have what? no idea. I was just saying. Above, above 50. Okay. Uh, and you know why? Because our machines don't work so uh, quick and fast and rapid anymore as they did when, when we were 25. So that means more attention is needed from your partner to 
fine-tuning the gears, but also to to talking more about it, which means more depth. You're laughing, no, no, right? I You're not it. even fifty. I love it. It's sort of You're true. thinking, yeah, ahead of me. <laughs> so what I'm what I'm saying is to your question is, yeah, there is something to say for all our long-term relationships, old-fashioned. You could also think, or can we go deeper? But I mean, most people would like to have a marriage or like a relationship like that it's like that's everybody's dream right to have a long-term sustainable not everybody's but in general i feel like people are longing for meaningful relationships and at the same time saying that that if you don't have them that is often contributing to the dep depression according to gabo mati that if you're not in nature if you don't have meaningful relationships If you kind of um, isolate it, that's a huge part in feeling depressed and maybe also, I don't know, like just disconnected from, from life in general. So, I mean, I feel always that, and we talked to Ono about this in, in, in the podcast before, is that I feel like psychedelic treatments or like what you guys are doing in, in the Netherlands could actually if you do this like twice a year as a couple or as, as friends also as a group of friends or as a family also in the long term maybe exactly. um, that it will actually really um, save your lifetime and make your life just better i mean I, i'm totally convinced this is why i built this company we are totally <laughs> pushing these topics because it's not only like the single person and their experience. It's also like a group experience, right? What, what are your guys thoughts on that? What, well, when you talk about meaningful relationships, I think, I think that's the key. What makes a relationship meaningful? And I make the distinction between conditional love and unconditional. Love. Right. Okay. And relationships are most of it about conditions. You have to meet the right conditions. Yeah. In that sense, you can look at it in its more, you could say, a cynical approach. You could say it's a business deal, a business deal that goes on to the deepest level. Uh, you have a business deal with your, uh, with the butcher and with the, with the guy working in the shop. Mm -hmm. I give you money, you give me what I need. It's mm -hmm. a business deal transaction it's a transaction yeah um and when you go to the deepest level and there's no coincidence i think that in the anglo-saxon language when you refer to your loved one you refer to your baby hi baby hi hi babe how are you doing true yeah <laughs> that's strange isn't it <laughs> yeah but it's not that you <laughs> say it it's not strange <laughs> people and hey babe how are you yeah. doing There's no coincidence there. Mm -hmm. So it's peeling off the layer. So talking about meaningful relationship, you're talking about intimate relationships. And then you enter a realm and that precedes words. And that's where the talking therapy cure sort of ends. You can talk about the stuff that you are aware of, that you can put into words. But we had a life previous to this, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the domain that can be opened up by psychedelics. Right. Um, more than anything, you can say hypnosis as well, but my experience is this will go deeper than that. 
And then you approach a realm of what you call the symbiotic part of relationship that we all share. And that's where lots of the trauma energy is still based into. Yes. You can yeah. work consciously on sort of becoming aware of whatever happened to you and work it out of your system by talking, by whatever. But in intimate partner relationships, it's all about this, I call it Bluetooth connection. And that's, there's a lot of, um, well, pollution in Bluetooth connections, right? So what is a meaningful relationship? That it's learning, learning from one another. And again, then you come to the four aspects of the necessity of the willingness, mm -hmm. etc. All right. So it's an, it's an opportunity. It's a gift. It's a gift to be able to learn about yourself through your partner. And if it's the same partner, then you have worked through all the layers that are on top. So this is this golden opportunity in longer lasting relationships to go to the bottom of it. Right. right, so that's yeah. why I think that longer lasting relationships are a beautiful gift, but it takes effort, it takes willingness, it takes awareness, it takes, you know, well, what we talked about. So I think, I hope there will be still room for longer lasting relationships. Looking at the figures, they're pointing in another direction. Mm -hmm. I think in the state, mm -hmm. it's about 50-50. Yeah. Oh, 50% okay. people will get divorced, and there's still about 50% that will stay married. And I think this, those numbers will change towards more separation, more mm -hmm. isolation, more... Superficial. So, yeah. yeah. The, um, let's say the, the short version why or like what people are looking into when they do psychedelics is often like, who are, who's the person I am without the trauma, right? This is like what you start to look into. So if you don't do these codependent things anymore, what happens to me then? If you don't do these self-sabotaging things anymore, what happens then? So, and I feel sometimes if people, if two people could meet that are less traumatized, there would be almost like a natural um, independence that is no longer like, oh, I need to be independent. Um, like this, this artificial independence that like, uh, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, and it, it's really interesting that you, the moment you move towards, if I have good moments, like without my trauma, then I feel like um, I don't really need, sometimes I don't even need to reach out to that person all, like all the time during the day but I still feel connected to that person. So, and I think that's a state that we almost unlearned because also of digital devices or like texting all the time. How are you? Oh, good. <laughs> Meaningful conversations. So, um, so my question would be like, so let's say if you realize in a, in a conversation before the therapy that one person has like you said it earlier, has maybe is suffering from PTSD or has been 
really traumatized through sexual abuse or anything. So how do you kind of balance this then with the other person who, is, who might have a, not such a bad experience in terms of relationships? Yeah, well, that's, that, that is quite regular. It, it, it's quite common that one person, for example, suffers from anxiety, depression, or a trauma, and thus it has an immediate effect on the relationships, on the children, on the partner. So it, we don't, we're not looking for a match in severity of yeah. certain symptoms. Yeah. We are, uh, but what we do pay attention to is how is the partner dealing with all this? And we find with our individual trajectories here, when, when we invite the partner for one conversation, they are so grateful that someone is also giving them attention because mm -hmm. it's not always easy to be the partner of of course yeah so, sure so we, so in the couples program it's it it doesn't it doesn't it's not a contraindication if one person has uh, a trauma or a depression or anxiety and the other one doesn't yeah and, and well again at one point in their lives they met and the trauma was already there. Mm -hmm. It might not have been aware. It might not have been surfaced, but it was already there. So that's the big mystery to start with. Out of all the people that they could have chosen, they've chosen one another. Yes. And there's this law, uh, Mr. Bowen, a renowned uh, family therapist, said people with similar ego issues find themselves in relationships so it's not like one of them is the patient and the other one is perfect now under the surface there is this some most of the times necessity to interact and when one of the people one of the partners is, is doing psychotherapy it changes and it makes them more autonomous because that's mm -hmm. the whole process of therapy, right? Growing towards a mature autonomy. And then sometimes the trauma of this so-called normal partner mm -hmm. shows up yeah. because there wow. was this innate necessity to be in the one-up position. Very true. Right, so it's it you can't tell yeah. by the cough what the content of the book is. Mm -hmm. Oh, great, great nonsense! <laughs> well, it's quite well known. God, you know what, guys? I think we have to do another round after this. Um, after this has launched, because this is obviously like the number one topic that people are interested in. I th will be more interested in than any other thing, but um. Thank you so much for being on the show. We have you on an AMA um, very soon. And then people can ask me, they can ask me anything. But I mean, I think oh. we already made the... And then people can listen to the episode and then ask you another questions to actually book themselves in January into your hands. No so um, thank you so much, guys, for being on the show. That was amazing. Well, thank you for having us. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the New Hearts Club show and please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook or if you would like to sign up for our newsletter, please go to www.thenewhealthclub.de and subscribe to the newsletter. Again, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, of course, there's also a new health club now. Or even better, sign up to a newsletter on thenewhealthclub.de. I talk to you very soon. <music>